Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, most excellent, Monsignor. <laughs> he identifies as a Monsignor. No, Brother no, Richard no, Holland. Holland identify as a cardinal. Get as a cardinal now. He's, <laughs> he's identifying as a cardinal. Yeah, your eminence is the correct title for... His eminence, I self Richard Holland. Yeah. Father... Now, would it be his eminence, Father Richard Holman, or his eminence, Richard Holman? Um, What's the proper? It's Richard. I don't know. I'm a brand new self-identified. <laughs> brand new self-identified yeah, yeah. cardinal. Well, it's good to good to have you with us again, your eminence. And uh, our guest tonight, of course, right. is Christine Watkins. This is going to be a fantastic episode about the warning. We're going to get into it. We're going to break it down. This is something that is in this uh, this this amazing Catholic author's wheelhouse. She wrote a book on it and several other books. And she is, of course, the co-founder of countdownofthekingdom.com and the founder of queenofpeacemedia.com. And check those out. They're in the description down below. Go on out and take a look at her work and her material. And just really all around great Catholic woman with amazing conversion story as well, which we'll get into. Everything needs to begin with prayer and your eminence. We always turn that over to you. Yes, my child. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And of course, we always thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force. Your work in your prayers is really, it's a, it's a labor of love to pray for us, to encourage us, means everything to us. We thank you so much for that. Please continue to keep us in your prayers. And for those of you who support us through the Patreon program, that also is a very powerful way of helping us continue to get this message out. And in the last several weeks, uh, actually, actually over a month and a half or so, we've been addressing certain things that have really been showing a ramping up of things in the world and in society and in the church. And so we want to get into that a little bit tonight. So go on out to Patreon if you're interested in helping to support us financially. And again, we thank you very much for that. And again, tonight, though, we're going to be addressing the warning. And Christine, this is fantastic to have you on. I'm very, very uh, impressed with the work that you've been doing through Queen of Peace Media and Countdown of the Kingdom. And again, you've written many books, great books. We're going to get some up on the screen here as we talk about them. Um, but thanks for being with us. Thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. So start a little bit, if you could, by just telling us, I mean, you've got an amazing story. You had said before we started recording here that you're not supposed to be here. Can you give us just a little background about, uh, about what, what does that statement mean? Well, I was raised in a household that told me there was no God, loving parents, but there was no faith. And so I pretty much believed that and grew up in a world that I, I didn't have any Christian influence around me. And if I did, I made fun of it. So if a guy was in a relationship and his girlfriend left him and he started to believe in Jesus Christ, I thought, oh, poor sap. You know, this is just the worst thing that he could have ever done. He went into fairy tale land. He lost his mind. Poor thing. That's how I viewed religion, the opiate of the masses. And I put my heart and my soul into ballet because we all have a God-shaped hole inside of us. And if we haven't filled it with the true God, we replace it with something else, good or bad. 
for me, it was ballet. I practiced it diligently for years. I became a professional dancer. I danced with the San Francisco Ballet Company. And I was also very much into the new age movement because I didn't want to die. And I would have nightmares. I remember being fifth grade, thought, well, I'm going to cease to exist. And when I do, there's nothing. Like, what was me? I couldn't, I couldn't con, I didn't have a concept of becoming nothing. That terrified me. And so I read a book about uh, reincarnation. I thought, well, there's an answer. I don't have to die. I get to come back. So that initial book led me down a new age path. And I ended up dancing. I loved it. It was my God. I had foot injuries. It took away the only God I ever knew. I grew depressed. I lost hope. In my sadness, I turned to intimate relationships. I got deeper into the new age movement. And I pretty much lost my soul. I didn't even know I had a soul. But I became very, very sick from my sins, physically sick as well. I had no energy to walk across the street. I was bleeding internally. I couldn't keep food down. My hair was falling out. But worse than being so very sick inside my soul, I was I was sick inside my emotions. I would cry out in guttural despair. And when tears started, they wouldn't stop. And it turned out I had all these physical symptoms were because I had cervical cancer mm -hmm. and I didn't have very much time left to live. And I was with a friend and I didn't know he was Catholic and he was praying for me. And I didn't know what prayer was. Prayer was not a concept. I wouldn't have understood it. If you said prayer, I wouldn't have known what you meant. So he was praying and I suddenly felt this beautiful, expansive presence around me and within me. And I heard a loud pop inside of my body. And I said to my friend, what was that? You know, my pain was gone. And, and I felt like I was as large as the room. And I felt so happy and airy and light. And he said, Christine, Mother Mary came just now. She looked down upon you from heaven. And she took pity on you and asked her son to save you. And it turns out that the cancer was gone. And I was given my life and my soul back in just one second. So I now know where mortal sin leads. And I never want to go there again. And my life isn't mine. It's God's. And it was God's life all along. And being a Catholic Christian, being Catholic, it means everything to me. It literally means the difference between life and death. Christine, that's beautiful. That's and amazing. I just hope and pray right now because uh, I'm thinking about all of our viewers, our, our listeners, and um, how many of them have people that they know. You know mm -hmm. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, you know, or a friend or something, somebody who's... Um, either immersed in the world as you were or, you know, is living in that kind of depression and, um, and maybe even has lost hope. Boy, that gives you a lot of hope. And it, it was just like in one moment, huh? That, that it just, wow. Yeah. She said, son, will you save her? And he said, yes. Hmm. That was it. 
Praise uh, God. Beautiful. Yeah. And and now you're set on a brand new mission. You know, you're you're to bring that light, right? That fills that God-shaped hole in people's lives. One by your story there, but your beautiful books too, and 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 the hope that we have, you know, we want to talk about this tonight, but the hope that we have that our lady is revealed to us uh through different kinds of prophecies and and that's really i i think tonight we want to have a hopeful message um there's there's a lot going on in the world <laughs> there's a lot going on in the church where here we are in october now and the synod is upon us and we're afraid um you know that that our our catholic beliefs are going to be challenged um but we wanted to bring a message of hope tonight and that's why we wanted to have you on christine because um I think that's your mission, you know, just to bring that hope and that light to the world. And um, so, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about before the, the show started was just how, uh, how imminent do we feel things are and what does that look like? You know, is the world coming to an end? And one of the things you talked about, and if you could talk about it right here, Christine, is that uh, those who have that grace on them, Right those who have that supernatural grace on them should not worry in the least. And that's, that's what the, the, our lady spoke about. Could you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. There are many times that heaven has talked to us uh, in particular about the times we're living in, in particular about a worldwide warning, which is a correction of the conscience of the world. And over and over again, there's a reassurance that if we're living in a life of grace, that there's absolutely nothing to fear, nothing at all. And so if we are to be concerned about something, it's definitely not our own life. And I think that's very difficult for us as human beings because we're kind of born into this life to learn how to take care of ourselves. <laughs> you know, everything is about survival and, and that's a good instinct and we should try to survive and we should try to be healthy as long as we're here. But the goal as well for our souls is to say, well, Lord, if you want me to be here, great. If you want me to not be here, great. Uh, just to be like St. Paul, right? Uh, to live or to die is 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 to be in Christ. Right. And so I think what God is saying is, please abandon yourself to me. And, and the message for those of us who don't have anything to fear is over and over again, it is prayer and penance. Um, it's, it's those two things. There's so much more that goes into that, of course, um, you know, receiving the sacraments, loving your neighbor, forgiving your neighbor, doing good works. That's, you know, we, we all know how, at least in theory and in name, how we're supposed to live our lives. But when it comes to specific messages from heaven, um, you know, should I mention one that kind of talk yes. about our yeah. disposition yeah. that he heaven is asking of us? So there's a, a mystic, and she's not very well known, but her name is Sister Anna Ali of the Most Holy Eucharist. And she's in uh, the warning book okay. that is about this worldwide event of a correction of 
the conscience of the world. And I can go into what that is if you'd like. But the Lord, among many other things, told her that there would be this warning. And she wrote a book which has the imprimatur from her bishop in Eldoret, Kenya, Bishop Courier, who gave the imprimatur to this message I'm about to read to you and has started her cause for canonization. So she's she was a victim soul. She took a couple pictures in the air when she saw Jesus and they actually came out. And the, the cameras don't work anymore, but they, they're now relics in a certain sense in Kenya right now. And you can see what the pictures of Jesus looked like if you get the book. In the first one, he looks very Jewish, and, and she talked a lot about what he looked like, what he sounded like. In the second one, he's shedding, he's bleeding tears. And so this message that he gave to her on December 8th, 1987, she was born in 1966. Uh, this is the message that Jesus gave her on that day. I want all to be saved and no one to be condemned through his own fault. As nobody goes to hell without his consent. The demon is disposed to mislead souls. He wants to flatter them. Mankind lives in the obstinacy of sin but my eternal father's wrath is near. Do not lose any precious time. My left hand points to the warning and my right hand to the miracle. I love mankind. Pray, do penance, surrender yourselves without thinking what will happen to you. When I prayed about a message to add to this podcast, that's the one that jumped out at me. Mm. It was surrender yourselves without thinking what will happen to you. So if we're surrendered and living in the divine will, it really doesn't matter what will happen to us. That's a future projection, usually a future worry that is absolutely useless because God is only in every single present moment. And if we live every single present moment well, we are safe. We are protected. We are doing exactly what we were born to do. If we, you know, dwell on the past too much, not to repent, but to belabor it and worry about it, or if we dwell too much in fear of the future, we've stepped outside of his will. So in all these things where, you know, God is saying something very serious here. He's saying there's going to be a warning. There's going to be a miracle. And he also has other messages that I could read where if you're not in a state of grace, it's not a good thing. So what are we called to do? Not worry about ourselves. Sure, we can do preparation if God is calling us to do it. Once again, it's all about our relationship with Jesus, what he's calling us personally to do that takes a personal relationship with the Lord. And that takes away worry, right? Because a lot of people, I think, and maybe you've discovered this, are saying, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? 
Well, you should do the divine will. You should do whatever the Lord's calling you right. personally to do, which could be very different from your neighbor. I Can I interject? Doug, yeah. go ahead. But uh, real quick, when you were saying that, I was I was just thinking about how um, it's it, I, I'm not worried. I, 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 I'm hopeful. And it's because of what you just said there, Christina. I, I, like I went to confession this morning. Okay. And I just want to do it God's way. And, you know, I, I, I probably don't let a week go by without going to confession. Um, it, I love that sacrament and I love getting as close as I can possibly get to the Lord. But that, see, that's the message. And I'm trying in every way, shape or form to convince people that, you know, that's the place that we all need to be in, in terms of wanting and the, the kind of the, the, the slogan, I guess, that I've been using is unite at the foot of the cross it is, and that's where we need to be at the, at the foot of the cross. And I preached um, this weekend and at both churches, huge crucifix, life-size crucifix of our Lord above the tabernacle. So the tabernacle was right there at the foot of the cross. And I just pointed over at it. And, but uh, it's a message of hope. Um, at the same time though, uh, I am worried for those who are disconnected from the divine life yeah. and just trying everything we can to convince them to get yeah. to the foot of the cross, get to the foot of the cross, unite the, the, the term I was using this weekend. And I, I go and tell a quick story. Last week we were at Planned Parenthood because Wisconsin is doing legal gymnastics and is not going to prosecute people who do abortions. I'm making a long story short. Anyways, we were, we're out there praying. The Bishop joined us too. And we knew protesters were coming and uh, they were down the street at first. So I'm going, okay, good. They're down the street. Well, they, they processed toward us and they were right there across the street from us. And they had the megaphones and everything. And they were shouting vulgarities and they were uh, mocking us for believing in God and all of this. And I mean, it was truly diabolical. And they were right next to this truck that had speakers on the back of it, ready for to be used like a stage for us to pray and, and, and have a couple speakers. And, uh, and one of our leaders wanted to go over to that and kind of drown them out. And Bishop, at first, and I agree with him, said, no, no, no. And here's what he said, huddle up, huddle up. We got tied in and close to each other. And we prayed the rosary together while these vulgarities and this mockery was being shouted. It's truly diabolical. But we had such a sense of peace in that mm -hmm. circle. And so if I were to give a, a title to my talk this weekend, it's huddle up, right? Huddle up. We need to huddle up. We need to pray like never before. And I'm just thinking now, uh, um, this weekend, we're going to be leading Rosary Coast to Coast from the nation's capital mm -hmm. with National Rosary Rally. Doug and I are going to be out there with uh, other people. We're going to process our Lord down the street. I'm going to have uh, 15 relics of some of the greatest saints that ever lived. We're going to process that. We're going to process the statue of Our, our Lady of, of Fatima uh, down the, the, right down the streets. But what are we doing there? We're just this peaceful presence. You know, again... Our human side wants to go over and shout them down, and you know, be, and that's that's not what we're called to do, and 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 so um, I I just I I said a lot there. I said more than I thought I was going to say, but but what I'm saying is is that um, we need to have hope. Okay, 
We need to have hope and, and we have, need to remain that peaceful presence, you know, that, that, that is a, is a place that people can hopefully find mm-hmm. right amidst the shouting and the chaos and the, the turmoil and, and things that could get us depressed. And, and, and if a warning is coming, well, good, right? You know, that, that, that will get, maybe shake us up. You know, your cancer did it for you, Christine, at that time. And then the miracle that you received, that's the other thing too. I think miracles are coming like never before. We've seen miracles. You've seen the beautiful miracle of Christine, but I think miracles are coming. Anyway, um, that's all my way of saying is, um, and that's what we wanted to do with tonight's uh, episode of Grace Force. You know, we it, the, is the warning imminent? But how are we to react to it? And and you've you've done this so beautifully so far, Christine. Anyways, you know, be- before I mentioned about the warning being imminent or not, I yeah. I was that person who I'm I wasn't the protesting type. I I never did a march. I never felt so strongly that I should be on the streets. But I remember telling the man who helped save me in my story, if there's anything I would protest, it would be the right for abortion. Because I felt that strongly about it. And my past sins gave me that mindset because I was a way station for demons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I forgot to mention that I lost my career and that that plummeted me Mm -hmm. down and, and I was searching at that point. But what, how he responded was very much this huddle with God that, that you mentioned and a peace came out of him. And I I was the person outside going, and it's, you know, I would protest it and, blah, 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 and I had that ugliness and I was so mad. And he put his head down and he said, well, you can't really say that life doesn't begin at conception. Silence. And I went, whoa, yeah, so what does that have to do with anything? And you, well, you can't really say that life begins later on after life begins at conception. (laughs) And he wasn't mad. He didn't attack me. He went into this peaceful state. And that was the beginning of my understanding. It, it, it put a wedge in my anger because he wasn't letting me get angry and he wasn't letting me fight. So um, to, to give a personal example of what you witnessed, and, and yes, it's a time to witness joy and power and love of the Lord. You know, St. Maximilian Colby, think of the, if we think of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst, it would be something like St. Maximilian Colby experienced. How did he die? With a smile on his face. Yes, yes. And he got there through a lot of penance and prayer along the way. It didn't happen overnight. So this joy in the Lord we can have in any circumstance. And I know this is very irritating to say. Any circumstance can have interior joy when we're united to the Lord. So it's it's a high calling, it's a difficult calling, but in God, all things are possible. Well, that seems to be one of the things that confounds the world is the stories of the martyrs, for example, and the brutality of their deaths at different, you know, in different cases. 
And there for many stories of such joy and even a sense of humor, you know, the famous St. Lawrence, you can turn me over, I'm done on this side, is is being cooked to death, literally stretched out above a fire. You know, Thomas More cracked jokes, lighthearted jokes as he was going up the steps to have his head chopped off. It, it's just there's something in there. And, and while some might say, yeah, they're just they're just saying that they're just showing that they're crazy. There's something about the Holy Spirit that's that's operating inside of them, you know, the grace of God. And they're cooperating with that grace. Um, Christina, I'd like if you could break down for the audience in general. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with the term the warning. You've written a book on it, you, and, and you can tell us about that, but also about, um, I know the film that you're working on with it as well, but the idea that there is the warning out there, what does it look like? What are the references? I mean, because we've got approved indisputable references to this event, when, how it unfolds, there's no 100% guarantee on the timing of that, but there are signs that appear as if we're getting closer. What that means, we don't know. Because God is very, you know, and we've had past guests on in the past several weeks who have brought this out. There's a conditional aspect to God and prophecy oftentimes. Um, our guest last week, Xavier Eral, who made the point, um, Nineveh is a perfect example of that in the Old Testament, that Nineveh was not destroyed because the people did respond to the prophet who was telling them, this city is going to be destroyed unless you change. And that's very much in general what we're talking about here. So the warning speaks about a personal moment. And if, I'd like you to break that down. And before you do, I just want to say this. What you said earlier, I want to reference as well. That statement, that, that, you, that message that Jesus gave, that this is, we have a God who loves us. And it's very easy to see him as the heavy-handed judge. And I've done that in my life. You know, oh, I've sinned again. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's going he's gonna to smoke me, you know. And yet in my heart, I'm already recognizing, okay, I just I want to get this straightened out. I want to get this ordered. I want to get back to confession. And I want to get things back in, on track. And that's what he wants. He wants to see that heart that says, look, you get in an argument with your spouse and you don't care to, to make amends and correct the problem, well, then you're going to have a problem with that relationship. And that's going to go on and on and on. But if you have a problem with a relationship, brother, sister, husband, wife, fellow employee, boss, you know, whatever it might be, you have got to have the heart that says, I want to make this right. And that's what God's really calling us to. And, and I think that has a lot to do with the warning, if I'm not mistaken. Can you break that down for us a little bit about what the warning is, what the points are, the references to it, so that people can be clear on that as we break down what our response should be to this thing? And first of all, you, you made a point about prophecy being conditional or not. And, and I do believe there are actually two different kinds. Okay. I believe there's prophecy that actually is not conditional. And we know that kind through the Bible in terms of the prophecies leading up to there being Jesus. Mm, yes, yes. That was not a conditional prophecy in right. Zechariah, you know, 500 years in Isaiah. All these Old Testament prophets are talking very specifically about a savior, mm. a man who dies a horrible death and dies because of our sins and comes from Bethlehem and uh, there's so many specifics in that prophecy, and that was not conditional. It wasn't one of those things whereby if 
humanity act a certain way, it wouldn't happen. So there, then there, as you mentioned, there are conditional prophecies. And I believe that in the conditional prophecies are often mentioned as such. Uh, Nineveh was a little different. Destroying Sodom and Gomorrah was a little different. But Our Lady of Fatima said, if you do these things, or if you do not do these things, a worse war will break out. Mm-hmm. So in general, conditional prophecy is mentioned in that way. The warning, I do not believe, is the conditional prophecy. Right. I believe that it is it is like the coming of Jesus Christ. It is the coming of Jesus Christ. Again, it's prophesied in scripture. It's um, the sixth seal in the book of Revelation. It's also, I believe, in Matthew 25. And Father Blunt believes it's also in a psalm. It is a different kind. It is one whereby the Lord said, this will happen. The warning is a gift that Mary obtained for us. And what it is, it's a moment in time when a cross will appear in the sky and we will see, and this comes from St. Faustina is one of the, you know, when we, I'm only going to mention church approved writings right now to show that this is really real. This is something the church has said, yes, you can believe in this. And so there's a cross in the sky. Perhaps there's some kind of corpus on it. We don't know yet. And where Jesus, yes. Forgive forgive me one second. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I just want, I'd like to kind of, you know, as you go into details of this, I'd like to say to the audience, this key thing here, you know, I grew up Catholic. I, I'm the I'm the poster child of a clock in, clock out Catholic. And I, I say this in talks and conferences all the time. I, I am like most Catholics. I was born, I was raised to live a Catholic faith, go to church. But when I say clock in, clock out, it's like walking into church, put my hand in the holy water font, that's clock in, walk out after mass, clock out. And that was the extent of my faith. I didn't know about these things you're about to really break down in detail. St. Faustina. Fatima, these types of apparitions approved by the church, great mystics and saints that the church has acknowledged and approved are definitely worthy of paying very close attention to. So I say this to the audience out there and for themselves, and also in case there are people out there that they want to share this information with and, and it gets scoffed at sometimes very quickly. Oh, that sounds like, like, a, like a Hollywood movie. Oh, that sounds over the top. You are describing, you're about to describe you know, instances and messages that have a certain degree of approval of them. I would say that there is a certain responsibility that we have as Catholics, Christians of any denomination, to research these people that you're going to talk about, these messages, these events, and and help realize that, like, for example, Fatima, people say, well, there's some, what, some instance of Fatima, three kids, they saw something from this. No, look at the details, as you mentioned earlier. A second war will come if you do not stop offending God. And, and, and that was a pretty powerful statement considering they were near the end of the First World War. They never thought there'd be a Second World War again. The idea of these three children who were seven, nine, and 10 years old telling the adults there, yeah, there's going to be a second war. If they, Oh, you're kidding. That will never happen. World War I was called the war to end all wars. So I just wanted to preface this for people to, to think about what you're about to say. People, please share this information and encourage people to research these instances and these people. 
There's a reason why God brings them into the world and shares these messages through these, these individuals in this world, whether it's sending his blessed mother or whether it's working through a saint like St. Faustina. Um, so forgive me, I just wanted to establish that for people responsibly look into the details of this. And your book, The Warning, does lay this out in great detail. Am I right? Yes. I. So if you don't want to do the work on your own. <laughs> there you go. You can, You've done you it. You can read the book because I did, I did that. Yeah. I, uh, I I really didn't want to put anyone in here who was not someone truly credible. Mm. And so I'll just list them off because if you think about it, what are the odds that all these different people, different mm -hmm. centuries, different ages, who knew nothing of one another, who knew nothing of one another's messages, all said the same mm. thing yeah. would happen? That doesn't make any sense. That's very similar to the different prophets giving different aspects of who Jesus would be and what the Savior would do. They all gave a little piece of the puzzle. This, God's doing the same thing now through these very humble people. For example, the oldest known prophecy of the warning is St. Edmund Campion. Uh, Blessed Anna Maria Taiji came shortly after that. Blessed Pope Pius IX, St. Faustina Kowalska, the apparitions at Heed, Germany, which our church approved. Elizabeth Kindleman, whose messages have the imprimatur, and our bishop approved the apparitions at Garbanel, Spain. And we'll go into those because what happened there gives an indication of how imminent or not the warning might be. Servant of God, Maria Speranza, and she is the visionary at the church-approved apparitions in Batania, Venezuela. Uh, Father Stefano Gobi, who was... Mm -hmm given great precedent, great, great preference by St. Pope John Paul II, and the Sister Anna Ali uh, of the Most Holy Eucharist, whom I just mentioned, Luz Amparo Cuevas, who started many orders in the church and church-approved orders, Sulima Gomez, a locutionist and mother in Canada, Janie Garza, whose bishop has given the okay on her messages, Luz de Maria de Monia, whose messages have the imprimatur, Pedro Regis, Friar Augustine del Divino Corazon, he's the founder of the Legion of San Jose and co-founder of, ready for this, Los Hierros Reparadores de los Sagrados Corazones, say that 10 times fast, and Marco Ferrari and others. So, so they are all telling us a bit about the warning, and, and I'm only going to focus on the ones that are definitively church approved so that you understand that this isn't hearsay from someone the church hasn't given their absolute approbation of. There'll be a moment in time when everything goes dark, and this is in uh, the sixth seal as well as in Matthew 25, and then there's a bright light, and from the holes where the Savior was nailed, and, and his side, bright rays will strike the earth and pierce every soul, no matter their belief, no matter their age, no matter the time of day, no matter where they are. And every person, this is the gift of the flame of love. Elizabeth Kindleman, I, I should have mentioned her as well. She is the founder of the flame of love movement in the church, which is bishop approved. These are the rays of love, the rays of mercy from Christ, but also the rays from our mother's heart, which she obtained for us. 
She wants to heal us. Jesus wants us to receive this mercy. And when everyone is pierced all at the same time, we no longer will pay attention to one another. We will all be in our own personal experience. A little bit like what happened in Fatima, where the sun was dislodged from the sky. The sun came hurling down at people and no one thought about the person next to them. They were shouting out their sins. They were in a moment, a personal moment with their God. No one's going to go, hey, Sally, did you catch that? It's not going to be like that. <laughs> we're so going wait, to. So so then people will not be pulling out their phones and texting and putting something on Twitter. And it's probably not going to happen. You're not going to believe this, Sally. I just posted my last sin. This isn't going well. <laughs> yeah, no. Um <laughs> So we are going to see a life review, which will last about 10 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. of our sinfulness and the effects of our sin. And when I was thinking that I perhaps should do a book about this, I said to God, I really don't want, you know, I, I actually have never wanted or felt called to write. So all of my books I feel are out of obedience. So I said, well, I need to know it's real. It, you need to let me know it's a real thing. Number two, I need to meet people who've already had this personal experience of a life review of their sins and can live to tell about it so that we get a sense of what it is, what a personal experience of it is. And I kid you not, after I said that prayer, in the next eight weeks, I met most of the people, but for one, who would end up in the book. And and every, all the years since then, I've met very few. It happened in eight weeks. Hmm. Turned wow. out my non-spiritual director had been had an illumination of conscience. It turned out one of my spiritual directees had had one. And it just popped up everywhere and they ended up in the book. And so the book really tells you by virtue of giving you the prophecies and then these personal experiences, uh, Father Rick Wendell being one of them, what it's like to have your life revealed to you in such amount, such a short amount of time and how incredibly life-changing it can be because none of them came out of it the same. All of it came out of it better. All of it came out of it loving God more. It was painful, yes, but the degree of pain is going to be very personal. If we are in mortal sin, it's not going to be good. Um, that's hence what Father Hellman said that one of the urgencies of conversion, mm. you know, to get through the warning with grace, you want to be in a state of grace. Otherwise it's going to be very difficult because mm. a person who we, we know by faith that there are people walking on the earth who are already in hell, in a state of hell. Mm. And we don't feel that here. We can even feel pleasure, even though we're a lost soul. I know I did. I know I was very lost. I certainly didn't. I was sad. Life was hard. But in no way, shape, or form was I always experiencing the pain of hell. So what this does is it breaks open. You, We will know that there's a God. We will know our sins. And we will know where we would go, where were we to die right then, and what it would feel like. Hence, some people, they might not survive it because of the emotional shock. Let's say you've been in mortal sin for 17 years, and you thought you were just the cat's meow, 
and you never felt a twinge of conscience about it. And then you see not only what you did, but what that did to that person and that person and that person and the horrible repercussions of sin. It's shocking. God still being merciful, God still being who he is, God being our delight, God being all love will still, even if a person emotionally doesn't undergo the impact of the emotion well enough to survive it, they will be given a hand of mercy. So even in their death, they can make it to heaven eventually. Other people will see what it's like to be in purgatory, and they will know what the sins are they need to confess afterwards to repent of, to move closer to God. And those who are very, very, very close to God or already in heaven will simply know that as well. So it's a beautiful, beautiful grace for all of us to know, you know, in Garabandal, Conchita is one of the visionaries there. And when she was asked what it would be like, she had said, well, it's be very, very hard, but you will love God so much more. Mm. And for someone like myself who prays often say, God, make me a saint, make me a saint. And then tomorrow comes and I look at myself, I say, what, when is this going to happen, Christine? Like, where's the, when are you going to levitate? Like, this, it's about time. I, I'm really looking forward to that piece of it, mm. that I will be given more grace, more humility, more repentance. I'll, I'll, I'll really know how to be saintly. I'll be given more of a chance to be saintly. The other beautiful, beautiful thing about this is that all these prayers that we're pouring into people, and, and it's a lot of parents out there who are so worried about their children, so crushingly worried about their children, through this warning, should it happen in our lifetime, and I believe it will, all those doors will be open in their soul. And all the prayers that you've prayed, the novena, the fasting, everything, and, and many of you out there I know feel like nothing's working. This will work. This will work. You know, we're recording on the Feast of the Guardian Angels. What a beautiful gift we've been given with our Guardian Angels. Um, and... The reason I thought about that again is just the beautiful gospel reading that was for today. I'll just read a portion of it here. But I thought of that as I was listening to you, Christine. Um, the disciples approached Jesus and said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child over and placed it in their midst and said, amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the reason I thought about that, Christine, was just um, well, the, the, the beauty of what you sh shared. But uh, one of the things that you mentioned in there, too, was the flame of love. I mean, our, our tender mother that loves us so much and wants that flame of love that comes from her immaculate heart. You know, it comes from her son, but through her and to us. And it is meant to be spread, that flame of love. And I had one of those uh, life-changing experiences or experiences of a lifetime, whatever you want to call it. When I was recently asked to be a speaker at uh, Our Lady of Champion in uh, Wisconsin near Green Bay, where it's the only uh, uh, shrine which, that has uh, a, uh, that has a confirmed apparition of our Blessed Mother in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay. But 
it was a flame of love conference. This is a, a ministry apostle, whatever you want to call it, that's spreading across the nation right now. And I'm just starting to, to immerse myself in it. It's amazing. But here's what I witnessed is that first of all, the church, the whole, the whole conference sold out. They said like a day, the church was jammed, but what was it? We were a bunch of little kids. <laughs> we were playful. We were joyful. Uh, we were full of love. Um, we, we didn't assume that we were superior or had some kind of, you know, uh, prestige that, that, that soared above the other person. Cause that's what children don't do that. Right. Maybe teenagers do, but, but to, you know, little children, they, they don't, they don't have the capability. It seems to do that. Uh, but we were just, we were having the time of our lives and the joy, the smiles on people's faces and the putting of other souls ahead of yourself was just pervasive uh, in this conference. I mean, truly it was one of the greatest experiences of my lifetime and it was because i think they were all saying yes to that flame of love and saying yes to living in the power of god's supernatural grace and and it was the most purest form of it i i think i've ever seen of that many people gathered together mm -hmm. in one place mm -hmm. and now i'm thinking mm -hmm. again about this theme that i that captured this week with the with um with uh planned parenthood but but what i preached on huddle it up and when we were you know we played football huddle it up huddle it up right but come on in and and that's what we did that day and i think that's where we're going with this and and we want to be also an attractive bunch of kids uh, you know uh, uh so that people and here's what i think childlike is like too is that you're just relaxing on the person's presence you know you're, you're that with kids, right? The kids are not assuming or, you know, uh, prideful or anything like that. You could just kind of kid around with them and you're just relaxed and you don't have to pretend to be anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it's so freeing. It's so peaceful. It's so joyful. It's so loving. Um, and so I think as, again, uh, and I want, I've been wanting to emphasize this, we're, we're, we're talking tonight and we've, I think you've done a beautiful job, Christine. You've done okay, Doug, but, um, <laughs> but but to give hope 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 you know but you know be hopeful in the huddle okay and that's just go to confession right and then have that urgency to want to spread that flame of love you know to want to be that peaceful childlike presence around other people and 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 so if there's a warning coming if 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 there's a a period coming that's going to shake us up who knows and again i ne never want to pre predict myself um don't be afraid but don't be afraid once you emerge from the confessional <laughs> right <laughs> yeah don't be yeah. afraid once you're in that state of grace once you're at the foot of the cross once you're huddled up can you speak to what i just said there christine what, what do you think about what i just said there i think yes i think if you find yourself anxious or afraid of the warning or anything that might be prophesied about the future, first of all, there it's a big world. And right now, what's happening in Libya or, you know, there's a flood in Greece, there's, there's different things happening in the world. Yes, it's catastrophic. And, and so we, 
we can focus on those things. We can wake up in the morning and say, oh, no, oh, no. And, you know, it's okay to do that if you have eight foot high water going across your lawn. It's perfectly okay. And God wants you to say, oh, no, what the heck do I do at that moment? Before that moment, which may never come, it's a vi- he's not calling us to worry or, or think about it. Yes, we can think about it, as you say, Father, insofar as praying for, giving aid to, helping out, um, preparing our souls, helping to prepare others. That's where, that's where God would like our urgency to, to go. But we are called to live the gospel of Luke chapter 12, you know, verse 22, I believe. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry what you're going to wear. You know, a bird is clothed more beautifully than Solomon in all his garments. I know all your hairs. He knows all the hairs on my head that keep falling out because I'm over 50. He knows everything. You know, he's, He's intimately aware of every last detail and he's going to take care of things. So what is our charge? What are we to quote unquote worry about? And I put that in quotes, meaning what are we to concern ourselves with? Just our salvation and the salvation of others. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be provided to you. And by huddling up in the sacraments with those who are believers in prayer throughout the day and just clinging to Jesus, who is the source of all joy, we're safe. I, yep. Yes, you might be called to prep. You might be called to gather some food. You might be called to do what you can. But if you're in an apartment in Manhattan on the fifth story and you have no more closet space and you're doing your best and you just have to pay the bills and you're a single mom, no, you're not called to build a refuge. Stop worrying about it. Like, get get real. You have a specific life and a specific mission and your job, first of all, is the kingdom of God. And if that's first, he really he really means it when he says in scripture, put that first, everything else falls into play. And maybe that's another way of saying you're huddled. Put it first and you're huddled up. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, that that you know, for the audience, um there is that zeal that many will have and they they feel they want to do something. And then when we hear stories about someone who's building a refuge, uh, we hear people who are stocking up all kinds of supplies or or this or that. And, you know, people who've been doing this for 15 or 20 years, some people have been preparing in some of these ways. But there is something unique about what they may be called to, as you're saying, just as there are people who feel uniquely like you to write a book on the warning, to start uh, a, a YouTube channel or, or some form of, of social media to get the word out to others. Um, I would say, to add to what you just said, it it doesn't hurt any of us to pray the rosary more. It doesn't hurt any of us to fast a little bit more, to go to adoration a little bit more. It doesn't hurt any of us. We can all do that, and and that's that's going to benefit everybody across the world. You know, if you could address something else, Christine, that that the individual person, myself, yourself, Father, I mean, we focus on our own souls, but as we 
know that something like this has been prophesied, mentioned, as you as you said, by church approved, you know, individuals and such, that we've got this coming. And what can we do to help others? Okay, I want to focus on myself. If I'm in the state of grace and I'm I'm fighting to stay in that state of grace and I'm trying to get have that deeper relationship with a, such an amazing, loving father, had that childlike innocence and joy that father talks about, you know, that 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 just almost excited, you know, being in the in the grace of God. But I, I also see in, in many of the followers of, of Grace Force, and I'm sure many who follow you too, they know that there are many people who are they're just way out there. And in your case, you had someone who was praying for you and that was a help. What advice do you give to people or not maybe advice, maybe advice, but maybe just kind of a, a general perspective to look at warning coming. It seems pretty extreme. It's going to wake us up. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I want to know just like a good coach comes to a player and says, Okay, this is what you can tweak to get that pass off just right, to not throw another interception or fumble or complete to this, this player. And Okay, I want that tweaking in my soul. But I also know that there are many people out there that are going to be, as you mentioned even, they're going to be terrified. And, and, and I think Conchita said in one interview, some will go mad. And mm. as you said, some could die from fright. And so what can we do in advance? Pray for, yes. But what, what encouragement do you give to people with regards to family members? Having the conversation, I guess, to bring the attention to this really tremendous act of mercy that God is going to give to the world eventually. Well, I think because it can sound so cuckoo, mm just as God, for the Jewish people, God was not going to become man. He, he, people weren't going to kill God and he wasn't going to rise again. That's insane for the Jewish people, right? So the prophets didn't have a, an easy time of it either. And they misinterpreted the whole thing as a, as a, you know, a Jewish secular leader was going to save them anyway. Like, prophecy can sound insane. So I do want to say that. And because it can sound absolutely crazy and it's so supernatural, it's probably best not to just tap someone on the shoulder and say, did you know the warning's coming? We're all going to see our souls and some people are going to die. And then the, the, the rays are going to come and, and it, it, you know, everything's going to stop. Like airplanes are going to stop. And it just... Mm. Yeah, I, I tr I've tried that at the grocery store a few times. How'd it, it go? It doesn't go over well. It doesn't. Um, yeah, in fact, Trader Joe's, it works, but Safeway, just <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, they're not open. Doesn't work at all. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so uh, honestly, and I'm not trying to just tout the book, but the warning book does help because it gives the person time. It gives them a lot of credit, credible people. It gives some arguments at the beginning, even for a non-believer to stick their toe into it. Mm -hmm. And, oh, these other people believed. Oh, and all these people. So honestly, I, I haven't seen, you know, it's been a number one bestseller on Amazon since it was published. I haven't seen, honestly, one comment that said they didn't believe. Mm -hmm. And that's really something. That's really something. So I think the Holy Spirit is doing a work yeah. in opening people's hearts and minds to it if they're willing to investigate it sincerely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I think reading about it and, and passing along literature 
is helpful. There's also an after the warning brochure, which is something you can download from queenofpeacemedia.com or you can order it. And that's something to hand out afterwards because people are going to wonder what happened to them, no matter their background. You know, the Protestants are going to be confused, atheists, Buddhists, Hindu. Everyone's going to wonder what happened because most people, even though we're trying our best, even in this podcast, to get the word out for people to prepare, they're going to be broadsided. So this will help them steer them to confession, know how to enter the church. There'll be a mass influx into the church and into the confessionals. And this after the warning brochure would help with that. So that's at queenofpeacemedia.com. You can you can get that there as well. So in terms of a conversation I think it's saying, have you heard about this? Asking the person, have you heard about this warning thing? And the person may say yes or no. And then saying, you know, are you open to reading about it, checking out this website or this book? And and some people, a lot of people have actually converted to Catholicism through the reading, through the reading of the warning book. So it seems to be one of the vehicles. And I'm sure there's many others. So I and also, oh yes, of course, perfect venue into the movie. So not everybody reads. And so God knows that. So Bella Dream Films is making a movie called The Great Warning. So that needs our help. Um, it's not my movie. It's their movie. Father Jim Blunt is in the movie. Um, Alan Ames, wonderful acting, superbly done, extremely convincing, very moving, um, there's a video that that maybe could be posted that shows some of the clips from the movie for the first time. And basically that needs our help. They're in the distribution phase now that's going to take a lot of money, a million something to get the movie out there. They've actually they've they've just finished the filming. Praise God. And it's all funded by people like us because we don't want they don't want and shouldn't have Hollywood intervening to change the message in any way so it's really up to us to get that movie out now that's that's so clever of God is it not to sneak this in to a movie hmm. you're sitting there you you came because you wanted the coke and you wanted the popcorn but you actually might get your soul when you leave and so God is using the great warning. You could go to thewarningmovie.com and you can donate through the website, thewarningmovie.com. I can't, I'm so excited about the movie and, and how professional it is and how well done. So that's well, another way that's not available to us yet, but that's another tool that I believe God is going to give us. And I'll get links. Uh, there'll be links in the description for everybody for all these things that you're talking about. Yeah, and please help out. Please donate if you. Yeah. They need a lot. And if yeah. you feel your heart moving, this is this is something that will save souls. Yeah. And you know, maybe you've heard on this podcast and others. We may not always have money. <laughs> so honestly, folks, if you're called to give it away. This is yeah. one of the greatest causes you could give yeah. to. It's a direct salvation of souls. You know, one thing I've heard, I'll say this real quick, Father, before past few years, I've heard parents who were who were saying to their children, um, especially if kids are struggling with the faith or may have abandoned the faith in some way, um, there may be times coming. They're, 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 they believe that the warning is coming, but they're telling their kids, there may be things coming. They may shake things up very, very seriously. I want you to remember one thing above all. You can always go to confession. Get to confession. Remember Amen. confession. Make Amen. that part of your your immediate kind of you know uh, contingency plan for anything that might shake you up. 
Remember, you can always go to confession, find a good faithful priest, get to confession, and turn to our Blessed Mother. She will bring you to Jesus. She will get you to her son. And just kind of laying that down with them. Well, what do you mean by that, Mom? What, Grandma, Grandpa, what are you saying that for? I'm just telling you, you got to remember, you can get to confession no matter what happens. Don't lose faith. Go to confession. And just kind of establishing that as kind of a last resort because they don't feel like they can sit down and have conversations with their kids because you're right. They, they start feeling like they're going to look a little crazy. And, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, our world has kind of pegged people who talk about this sort of thing as being maybe a little bit out there, which is off. strange considering the world that we live in when uh, people are, are, are claiming all sorts of things that are really out there. So mm. anyway, Father. Well, all I want to say, and I, I think we're coming toward the end here, but th this has kind of got into my heart. When we were out in front of Planned Parenthood and when we were huddled up and when we saw that vulgarity and mockery and all that shouted in our direction, uh, one of the feelings I strongly had was, this is our fault. Hmm. This is our fault. And and then I thought, right again, I, I wrote a reflection in the book, we uh, Let Freedom Ring, that I wrote with Father Altman and Father Peckman. But uh, uh, one, one of my favorite topics that I wrote on was what, what we call lukewarmness. And it was Pope Pius V who said, all the evil in the world is due to lukewarm Catholics. Mm. And then Pius X said, all the strength of Satan's reign is due to the easygoing weakness of Catholics. I I think if a warning comes, sure, it's going to be for those who are spewing vulgarity across the street. But I think it's going to come to us. Mm. That 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 you know you mentioned early, Doug, punch the clock, Catholics. Yeah. yeah. And 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 how we can take on the brand maybe of being a Catholic and and how that helps us, you know, with with our um, prestige or I you know whatever it is you know at what point are we going to say I love you so much God I love you blessed mother I you fill me with that flame of love and let me carry that flame out to the world and at the end of our time praying in front of Planned Parenthood we turned to them and I led them in prayer come Holy Spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And I felt as we were praying that prayer, I needed to apologize to them for our lukewarmness mm. that has not been compelling and that has not drawn them to the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary. So my brothers and sisters, you know, thank you so much, Christine, for being on tonight. Go ahead. So... The grandma who you said has a Texan accent, is that right? I didn't know all grandmas did, but so besides go to confession, it's also stay true to the magisterium that we have now. There you go. Um, so definitely, you know, know, know your catechism, know yep. the truths, because should anyone say they're different, they're not. Period. Right. right. Um, the other thing with the title uh, Garbandal is the alleged apparition of our Virgin Mary to four young girls in the 60s that spoke about the timing. 
more than any other. The, there's other messages in the warning book that talk about it, the warning being soon, soon, sooner, and then the last messages. And with the imprimatur and also to Friar Augustine del Divino Corazon, whose messages also have the imprimatur, say it's our generation. So just to let you know that that's the latest in terms of heaven saying our generation. What year, I don't know. But that would probably mean when people like the three of us are likely to still be alive. And what Garabandal has said, or what Our Lady of Garabandal has said about the timing of it all, is that there will be a time when the church is so persecuted that it will seem to be dead, that you can't, you can't get easily to confession or to the Eucharist that communism will have come back, that there will be a synod. It doesn't say exactly when in relation to the synod it would happen, maybe when it ends, that's not clear. And when the Pope will go to Russia, to Moscow, as soon as he returns to the Vatican, the hostilities will break out in different parts of Europe. So things have to get really bad, much, much worse than they are now. When it's really hard to openly practice one's faith. And we're not there. We're clearly not there yet. So people who think it, the warning could be tomorrow, I don't think so. But, and, you know, the Pope did not go to Russia. That doesn't mean he won't go in the future. And like you said about conditional prophecy, well, we'll find out if this is one of those that's every single thing has to be right or enough is right and enough is already happening. I don't know. Um, but Garbandal is not the only one, right? I've mentioned other uh, messages with the imprimatur and with people approved by the church who say this generation. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, and I know a lot of people will go back to the, well, you could die tomorrow in a car accident. And that's true. But most of us aren't going to. Um, a lot of people are going to be alive for for this time whenever it comes. And I always say, you know, if something does happen to me tomorrow, next week, sickness, you know, whatever, car accident, I want to be a, a vehicle to let God's grace work through, please, Lord, and and hopefully help other people be better prepared. My kids, grandkids, you know, other people. And, and I, you know, I, I want to live a life that, cooperates with grace to help others be prepared for this type of moment or for any type of moment where they're going to have to, you know, be held accountable for things. Um, and I would just also want to remind people again, this is a very, very, very loving God that wants us to have an ordered, peaceful, beautiful, joyful life and get away from the things that are destructive, sinful, and, 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 and reckless behavior and decisions that are just causing so many problems for ourselves and for the world in general. And I just, this is about love. It's not about uh, any kind of condemnation for the, you know, anger. I mean, well, I'm not saying that he doesn't just anger. Our Lady Vakita mentions that, but, uh, but it is something that it's just, it has a very deep, beautiful aspect to what mercy is about. Is that you think is accurate, Christine? Absolutely. And you asked the question earlier, what do you do for others? I, I spoke specifically about transferring information about the warning, but we are, all of us, if we're Catholic, we're concerned about at least one person's soul, maybe many. Yeah. We, we're not sure they're saved. We care. St. Faustina says three things that are necessary. Jesus told her the three things necessary to help save a soul. 
one is some kind of penance or mortification or sacrifice. So fasting is, is the one that comes to mind because she is asking us to fast. And Jesus says, when you fast, do not look like the hypocrites do not when you feel like fasting, you know, he says, when you fast, it's an expectation in scripture. And the second one is prayer. The third one is mercy. So to show the soul in sin that we're worried about lots of love and mercy. So to be the physical expression of that love and mercy towards that person and pray and fast or some kind of sacrifice, that's what Jesus says about saving a soul. And and there's actually a like a save a soul bundle wanted that message out. So there's on queenofpeacemedia.com, there's a talk on that and a scapular and some other things that can help because we're all worried about someone. All right. Well, Christine, this was very beautiful. And I yeah. we're so grateful to have you on. Um, we brought up the flame of love and what came into my mind and my heart was that beautiful prayer. We talked about huddling up, uh, let's unite for the cross, they, uh, the beautiful unity prayer. And so I'd like to close with that if we could. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. And may our lips pray together to gain mercy from the eternal father amen may almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen god bless you christine thank you christine thanks for thank being you with so us. much